Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us today as we continue the series on going. Spiritual osmosis, the assimilation of the church. What in the world are we talking about? I'm hoping you didn't just jump on board now. Um, this is going to be part five, the conclusion of the series. And we have bit off a lot, I know. This was unintentional. This is something that literally jumped on my radar yesterday um, to do a recording on this. So I gathered all these things together and, and put it into this form, talking about a warning to the church to be careful and cautious right now and in, and in days, weeks, months ahead, that there is going to be a greater assimilation of the church into the greater entity that is the governments of the of the world, the patterns of men, the kingdoms of men, the domain of darkness that is in full strength now on the earth, that's been going through generations of humanity, increasing to a Tower of Babel, Noahic Flood, Babylon system, a Babylonian system that is just, it's such a huge, it's like a black hole, you know? It's like this black hole of authority and governmental order and thought and, and control and manipulation that the church, as I've presented, as we looked at in the text in uh, what? First Peter chapter five, that when it says that the enemy, the devil, the adversary, Hasatan, is, is seeking whom he may devour. And we looked at how that devour by the Greek, this katapino, is a swallowing up is swallowing up a, 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 a devouring act, an action, activity. And I am, I am presenting that I believe the church is, is in greater measure, and as I already said, I believe post-Yeshua, a few centuries after his ascension in Pentecost, the Acts Pentecost, the church has begun to, in, in larger measure, incrementally be swallowed up by the one-world Luciferian religious system. This I could literally I could I could talk about this in so many different facets and offshoots and examples of what exactly specifically I'm saying this is, but I'm trying to just do a blanket presentation of of just the even the idea that this is possible that just western Christianity and new religion Jesus that this is part of a Luciferian agenda. Now, I understand that that's hard to hear. I understand that is you, you could validly say, like, is he saying that, like, Jesus is in opposition to Yahweh God's ways and, like, God's intent for, for, for his people? It takes some unpacking, but yes, I, I am. I've established the best I know how back in part two, why I'm believing that's true. I don't have time to go over it all again. But I do believe, yes, I do believe that it has become, it's become so vastly different than the way it started. It looks hardly anything like it did first, second, third century Christianity. It looks so little like the way it started, the birthing of this era of the church, not the beginning of the church. The church didn't start there, friends. 
And that mindset alone proves the point. We have been told that the church was birthed in the upper room. That is not true. Something started there in a whole new era. Yes and amen, but there wasn't like there was no church. Jesus came, Pentecost happened after ascension, and the church was spit out with a whole new ideology. This is not factual according to Scripture. Without getting sidetracked, we're going to move back on into the culmination of this, of this series. I'm going to read some verses. And we're going to talk, we've talked about foundations. We've talked about the importance of the cornerstone. We've talked about how, if we're not careful, the, the, the ways of the nations will, and they already have, but even will continue to, to infiltrate, and not just infiltrate the church. Again, there's a difference, I believe. We often hear verbiage that the church is being influenced by the world. But what I'm saying is, more importantly, what if the entire church in a Western civilization, new religion, Jesus mindset has been swallowed up into, has been brought into, as we already have established this wording, the osmosis, has been absorbed into a Luciferian religion, which is there's many ways to to be deified. You know, the Babylonian reality that's prophesied will come at the end of the age. Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. We're going to talk about lawlessness for a minute. I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 13, 41. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. Romans 4, 7, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Matthew 23, 28, So you too outwardly appear righteous to people, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Matthew 24, 12, Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. So we know that more laws are coming to the nations. That's the biggest thing right now is like big government and all this verbiage of the evangelical church, you know, is thrown around. More laws, more amendments, more implementations of that. So we know that this verse, these verses here, I just only read, what, five or six. They're not talking about national laws. But if you're one that believes that Yahweh's laws were all done away with with Yeshua, with Jesus, what in the world are these verses referencing? Because this is of utmost importance of how we walk out our days here on this earth. Do we merely just love God and love people? Jesus said he only really have to do two things, love God and love people. I can do that, right? (laughs) Well, Yeshua said... If we can be precise now, he said that these two commands merely hang on all of the law and prophets. There was no replacement law where, where, and this is important for us to find our identity today. Well, what do we do then? What do we do then is the question. If we don't adhere to national laws and we're not called to be a lawless people, This is all these instructions we just read, only in tiny measure. Lawlessness will be increased in the end of the age, which causes people's love to grow cold. So those are connected. Do we simply just love God and love people? 
Because that seems like what a lot of people say they do outside of the church, outside of being in Jesus. So Yeshua clearly said, again, to be specific because these words matter, hang these two commandments hang on all of the law and the prophets. There was no replacement law that Jesus brought. So why does this matter? Well, there's much for us to return to, as we often talk about in this program. If we're going to make it through the days that are ahead of us, we're going to have to be a lawful people. Lawful, not lawless. Actually, clinging to Yahweh's commands will define His people in the days ahead. I believe that. I believe people that walk in the feasts of the Lord. Okay, again, not the feasts of the Jews. Not the feasts of the Old Testament, the feasts of the Lord who never changes. Keeping his Sabbath day, which he said, which he said is forever. And we see it again in the new Jerusalem reality as who Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah. What's he called? The Lord of the Sabbath. Oh, the Lord of the Sabbath. The rest, Joel, it's metaphor. No, it is not metaphorical. It's not. Why do we want to make everything mere metaphor? Well, because then we don't have to do it. A command, a law. Lawlessness will increase. It's increased, friend. In 2021, new religion, Jesus, Christianity. So why does this matter in light of this topic here we've been discussing? I believe clinging to Yahweh's commands. It's going to mark his people. His people used to, be, used to be identifiable, friends. The church used to be identifiable. They used to be different. They used to be consecrated. They used to be set apart. That's why Paul was accused of being what? The leader of the sect of believers who did the commands of the Father, who kept Torah and walked in the ways of Yeshua the Son. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. That sect was what people hated. Why? Because it was the way that Yeshua pointed to by the way he walked. I know people don't like to hear that. They think that that's heresy. They think it's, they think it's bondage. But this is going to mark people just like it always has marked the distinct, holy, consecrated, royal priesthood, chosen nation. Those were marked people. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to be done. This is the book of Jasher. I don't know if you where this lands with you. You may love it. You may hate it. You may think it's a heretical book because it's not in the canon. You may never have heard about it, but listen to this, and we're going to, I'm going to read this. Please try to try to track with this. This this, this is going to be a good way to close the door. Now, this is Jasher chapter 66. The book of Jasher, it's referenced in Joshua, 2 Samuel, 2 Timothy. This is not some, you know, mystical book. Look into it if you need to. Look into it for yourself if you don't believe it. or That's good. Check these things. But, but um, Jasher chapter 65, I don't know if I said that correctly a minute ago. Chapter, chapter 65. We're going to read this. Now, this, this book, 
basically takes a lot of things we already know that we see primarily in the book of Genesis, and it elaborates the accounts. More information, more details. Talks about Cain and Abel. Talks a lot about Jacob and his sons and different things that took place. It talks about Joseph. And it talks about a lot of things we know that were told in the scriptures, but it gives us many more details of, of, of kind of what's going on that, that just were not recorded in the final version, if you will, of the Bible. So this specifically talks about Israel's enslavement to the Egyptians. This is very profound in light of what we're talking about, about the church slowly being assimilated into the culture and the religious ways of the age. Okay. It came to pass after these things that all the counselors of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all the elders of Egypt assembled, and they came before the king and bowed to the ground, and they sat before him. I might paraphrase. I can jump a little bit to get the meat of the text. So they all spoke to the king, saying, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are greater and mightier than we, and they and you know all the evil which they did unto us in the road when we returned from battle. And you have also seen their strong power, for this power is unto them from their fathers. But uh, For but a few men stood up against the people, numerous as the sand, and smote them at the edge of the sword, and of themselves not one has fallen, so that if they had been numerous, they would then have utterly destroyed them. Now, therefore, give us counsel... Um, as to what to do with them until we gradually destroy them from amongst us, lest they become too numerous for us in the land. So here we see this principle I'm presenting in verse 5 of Jasher 65. I'll read it again in case you zoned out a little bit on me. They're asking for counsel to the kings now, to the Pharaoh, how, how we can gradually destroy them from among us. Okay, so this, again, I think this assimilation mindset is seen here in how the Israelites were brought into slavery. Um, let's see, verse 7. So the king answered the elders of Egypt, and they said, he said, This is the plan advised against Israel from which we will not depart. Behold, in the land are these cities. They're unfortified. They're in disrepair. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, go and act cunningly towards the Israelites, okay? Cunningly, not militarily, not with a big, huge ordeal that they can see from a mile away now, cunningly and subtly in order to gradually destroy them, as we saw in verse 5, this is the plan that we will, in, that we will implement against Israel. We'll have them build these places and work cunningly towards them. Uh, to, to, to have them fortify these cities um, alongside others who are in Egypt. All of the children of Israel and all the inhabitants of the city, they will be willing to, willing to build with us. They shall each have his wages given to him daily at the king's order. So go you first and do cunningly and gather yourselves and come to these two cities to build them. Okay, so so this this decree is being drawn up to bring the Israelites in and slowly and gradually bring them in to build up these two decrepit cities. And the whole plan is to cunningly advise a plan against the Israelites so that they don't see what's coming, so that they're what? Devoured, swallowed up into the rule and system and order 
of Egypt, which we know worked. Okay. Uh, When some of the children of Israel shall come to build with you, you shall give them their wages daily for a few days. After they shall have built with you for their daily hire, drag yourselves away from them daily, one by one, in secret. Okay, so you understand what's going on. Assemble the Israelites. Assemble God's people now. Convince them you're going to work alongside them, arm in arm, and they're going to receive a wage. They're going to get paid for their work. And one by one, daily drag yourselves away from them in secret. And then you shall rise up and become their taskmasters, taskmasters and officers. And you shall leave them afterward to build without wages. And you and should they refuse, force them with all your might to continue to build. If you do this, it will be well for us to strengthen our land against the children of Israel. For on account of the fatigue of the building and the work, the children of Israel will decrease because you will deprive them from their wives day by day. Okay, so they will become weak in their labors. They will become devourable, deceivable. They will become too weakened because we're working them as slaves as we slowly, after beginning to work with them and pay them wages, we're going to slowly, cunningly remove ourselves from the work. And they won't even notice. And they won't even realize. And then we're going to have them do it without wages. No compensation. And when they refuse, we're going to force them with all our might to continue to build. So all the servants went away from the king and they caused a proclamation to be made in all of Egypt. All these cities surrounding Egypt saying all these things. I'm trying to figure out what we have to talk about to make this point clear because there are extra points that are irrelevant. Okay, so... Whomever, whosoever of you from all Egypt and from the children of Israel will come to build with us, he shall have his daily wages given by the king, as is his command unto us. And when Egypt and the children of Israel heard what the servants of Pharaoh had spoken, there came from the Egyptians and the children of Israel to build with the servants of Pharaoh these cities. Interestingly, man, this is an offshoot I want to talk about, but it's not going to be today. But none of the children of Levi came with their brethren to, to build. There are a, There is a Levitical priesthood that saw what was going on. They weren't duped. Man, that's a huge thing, but I've got to take that and put it over here for another time. Okay, so <clears throat> they begin working. The daily hired laborers from Israel. They gave to Israel their daily hire at the beginning. The servants of Pharaoh built with all of Israel and were employed in that work with Israel for a month. At the end of one month, all of the servants of Pharaoh began to withdraw secretly from the people of Israel daily. Okay, After a month of working alongside, the Egyptians began to fall off in slow, incremental measure. So it became so the Israelites were, were alone doing all the work. And didn't even know it. Israel went on with the work at that time. 
But they then received their daily hire because some of the men of Egypt were yet carrying on the work with Israel at that time. Therefore, the Egyptians gave Israel their hire in those days in order that they, the Egyptians, the fellow workmen, might also take pay for their labor. But at the end of a year and four months, all of the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel so that the children of Israel were left alone engaged in their work. After all of the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel, they returned and became oppressors and officers over the children of Israel. And some of them stood over the children of Israel as taskmasters to receive from them all that they gave them from the day um, they gave them for the pay of their labor. So they even took the money back. And the Egyptians did this in this manner to the children of Israel day by day in order to afflict them in their work. And the children of Israel were alone engaged in their labor, and the Egyptians refrained from giving them any pay, no pay to the children of Israel from that time forward. And when, the, when, the some, when some of the men of Israel refused to work on account of the wages not being given to them, the exactors and servants of Pharaoh oppressed them and smote them with heavy blows and made them return by force to labor with their brethren. Thus did all the Egyptians unto the children of Israel all the days. And the children of Israel became greatly afraid of the Egyptians in this matter. And all the children of Israel returned and worked alone without pay. Friends, do you see what this is saying? This is what I'm saying is happening. A slow, gradual deception is right here for the church of this age, for modern Christianity. This is happening right now. This story in this record of how the, the people of God were deceived because they were not paying attention with the exception of, of, of the Levites. Man, I want to talk about that part so bad, but I'm not going to. It's like a brother told me when we were talking about this last week. It's the, it's the frog in the boiling water imagery. The church is being led astray. She's being duped to believe that she's working and receiving wages and getting her way and being a, a, a serving a purpose in the kingdoms of men, making a difference, doing great things, and even getting paid for it. But behind the scenes, those who are in control, they're taking advantage of the church with plans to what? Enslave them. Enslave them for no wages, no reward, no nothing taskmasters, ruling and reigning over the wide-way majority church. Spiritual osmosis. <laughs> the assimilation of the church. It's the same principle all the way back to the children of Israel in Egypt in bondage and slavery and didn't even know it at the beginning. They thought, man, we're being given this awesome task of building these two great cities, the kingdoms of men. We're gonna, could, perhaps we could read into it, we're going to do this for God. All along, the greater, already implemented patterns and kingdoms of the earth, of the Luciferian agenda now, was already in place and moving them about 
like pawns in this horrible game of humanity. Friends, I don't want the church to, to repeat this again in our age, in, that, in, in our time. I don't want that to happen again right here, right now with us. But friends, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. It's just a matter of are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to say, uh-uh, no way. I see this agenda. I've seen it before. Again, we see it in the Garden of Eden. We see it in the Tower of Babel. We see it in the flood. We see it in the Babylonian uprising of a great nation, greater than any other nation. We see it in the book of Revelation. We see it with the children of Israel being lorded over by Egypt. A slow, what? Assimilation. A swallowing up. The adversary is looking for whom he may devour and swallow up and consume into an agenda that will advance on this earth. And it will take it will take whoever is not aware of it with it. So friends, it's time. Let's look at this verse one more time, and this is the absolute end. Where we were earlier, because this verse just keeps coming to my mind. More than any other thing that we've said here. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Church, there is there is an agenda that is way bigger than most of you realize. We can no longer call good evil and evil good. We've got to become men of discernment, of sober spirit, calm, collected, temperate, circumspect, always watching. And we've got to be on the alert, vigilant, cautious, active, giving strict attention to, so that, lest through slackness and idleness, a destructive calamity will overtake us. Friends, don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Be willing to say you've been deceived. Just be willing to say it. I've been deceived, man. I've bought into new religion Jesus. I don't want to be a lawless one that in the end of the age misses out on what Yeshua warned us would come. I don't want to miss out. So friends, it's time for us to to cry out to the Father, please give us eyes to see. Please give us eyes to see because if He doesn't give it to us, we will not get it. You're not going to get it from a website or a YouTube video. You're not going to just get it from here. It's got to be an inward reality of a posture that says, I am willing to set myself vehemently opposed to the agendas of the kingdoms of men. National, governmental, religious, and all those things that are on the outside of the one cornerstone foundation, Yeshua Messiah, that goes all the way back to pointing to the ways and commands of the Father, everything else has got to go. That's my hope and prayer in this study. As we've talked about, spiritual osmosis, (laughs) the assimilation of the church. We do not have to go into this system. We do not have to be swallowed up and consumed by the adversary. We don't. So be alert, be sober, be vigilant. Hear what the Spirit is saying. You've been watching the Pat to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. 
You can find us online 24-7 at pathdesign.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know anything that you might have a question about or something you might help us, something we don't yet understand. Pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to help the program, support what we do here. We have web hosting and we have cost to this thing. If you want to help out with that, that would be a huge blessing to us. Reach out to us, Facebook or pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Always share these videos if you feel that they are meaningful to you. We want to see a church awake from her slumber, rise up and be a rightful voice in this hour, in this age that is here and that is yet to come. Thank you for watching. Amen.